Tonight's show is being brought to you by Russell's Marina Grill. Hello and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the March 9th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan Ritter. I'm the head soccer coach at Double South and also Soccer Innovations of America. I'm the director of coaching there. We always start off our show with a prayer. It's in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for giving us this show. Help us to be able to continue to uh, give everybody the recognition that they so deserve and they're not getting. Help us to be a medium for that. And uh, I pray that this show especially give everybody some really great ideas as to how to expand soccer in Louisiana. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, everybody, uh, we are going to have a special show for you after our commercial break. Uh, we got a chance to interview the, who you know as Gal Star. Okay. Um, but uh, some of you, I'm going to let him introduce himself to you. But uh, some of us here who are in LA Prep Soccer, we already know his name, and uh, and and we're good with it, and we understand uh, his privacy issues and whatever. But uh, but he's really a great, great guy. This interview that I just got from him is an incredible uh, interview. And uh, um, anyhow, he likes to be called Joey, but his last name is Gosha. And I think he's probably got a job for any newspaper if he wanted to leave his day job and uh, and do analysis for soccer if there was such a, de- a demand. And obviously, y'all, as, as you well know, there's not. So so he gives these kids a lot of the attention and a lot of the buildup and everything that, that they deserve in, in the regular media and they're not getting. And uh, I can't thank him enough. Most of us on L.A. Prep, we love him and uh, – uh, he, he makes L.A. Prep Soccer come alive, and it's my opportunity tonight to give him his due. So after we break, uh, we're going to be listening to Joey uh, talk about really his uh, uh, role in that Louisiana soccer. And really, he's got some ambitious plans for the next 12 months, and uh, which I find very, very encouraging. Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll be talking to Galstar on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. See you after the break. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football. We're here now with, with most of you know as Galstar. Welcome to the show, Coach. Hey, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, a uh, couple things. Number one, do you want us to know your name? And number two, what does Galstar mean? Uh, so, yes, it's fine that you know my name. Um, it's Joey Gosha. Most people know that, actually. They've, yeah. Uh, they've, they've found that that part out. And so Galstar... Um, so I got kicked off the board a couple of times with different aliases where I would actually argue <laughs> with myself. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I got called out for that. So I finally decided, you know what, I need to make a name that's meaningful and maybe tells a little bit about myself. But the uh, GA is for Georgia and the all-star is, uh, I was a Georgia state all-star graduated high school in 1993 from North Cobb high school in Georgia. Okay. And so I was the first kid from, um, this rule, public high school in Georgia to make the Georgia state all-star team, which was, you know, it's 
long time ago, and I'm certain there's many others that have made it since. It's not so rural anymore, um, but it certainly was when I went to school there. Oh, definitely. And you probably weren't any, anywhere near some of the major clubs from there, right? So I, I fortunately um, was a, a, a pretty gifted athlete, not a gifted student. Um, people have seen me post about that on the board. And so there were several families. My mother and father were not very affluent at all. Right. And um, there were quite a few families that picked up the tab for Gall Star to be able to play with a club back then. It was known as Cobb Union. Okay. And uh, a former professional goalkeeper in England named Graham Tut uh, founded the Canterbury Park Lions. And so I, I played for Graham uh, for quite a few years uh, before I went on and played collegiately uh, for two years. Where? And so I, I got to find them. Uh, I played at LaGrange College, which is in South Georgia. Okay. And uh, had several several nice offers to play at a little bigger college, but um, I was uh, a victim of wanting to be something that I wasn't. Found the basketball when I was in eighth grade and uh, ended up playing dual sports at LaGrange, all district and soccer and barely saw the court in basketball. But it was my desire and my belief that I was going to be in the NBA and uh, be something maybe that I quite possibly was never going to be. So, wow, long story. No, but it's a good story because I, I have kids torn even now between the two. I think the second best soccer player in my school right now, Dulcell, is playing basketball, and uh, and he's he's four foot something, you know, and uh, yeah, and well, I just wish he would try basketball. I mean, a soccer instead of basketball, but. You know, yeah, so my pull. son, my my son played the AAU circuit going into his freshman year at Santa Ma, and um, my wife is five four, I'm six five, and somewhere in between us uh, was uh, was a, a child was born, which was my son. But when he got to his freshman year at Santa Ma, he made the freshman basketball team, but he made the varsity soccer team, and he kind of looked at my wife and I, and he said, "Look." I think our soccer team's really good and I'm going to be on varsity and our basketball team's not very good. I'm going to be on the freshman team. I think I'm going to go with soccer. And I thought to myself, well, that's a really smart decision since you're five, two, you know, <laughs> but, uh, and it worked out quite well for me. He had four wonderful years on four really good teams. And, uh, you know, we just, every year Santa Ma either ran into St. Paul or, or ran out of players. Um, so tough in those public schools when you get 13, 14 kids that really know the game. And uh, one or two of those go down, one of them being your all-state forward and Tyler Bridgewater towards the back end of the season. Uh, you had Caleb Curtini, uh, David Barbera, uh, Tyler Bridgewater, Ulrich Gaffney, my son, uh, and, and, and quite a few. Um, Matt Parker was a kid that didn't play a whole lot of soccer, but I've still got pictures on my phone of, of this kid three and a half feet off the ground, one and a header, you know, and I think that's what I, there's so many parts about high school soccer that I say, Oh gosh, I wish, you know, we could see the club game, the possession game, but then comes along a kid like Matt Parker, who was just so athletic and he belonged on any soccer field that, that you could name because of his work ethic. I think Ulrich Gaffney, who's going to be a senior at Santa Ma next year, I think he is the most incredibly athletic, gifted player. And if you get to watch him, he's number five for Santa Ma. He will outwork 
any kid. I told my son, I said, sometimes I was a little embarrassed that you were beside him because he was working so hard. My son was waiting for a pass, right? And this kid's taking on three or four kids. And it's just like, holy cow, look at his workload. So, uh, no, I think Santa Mon's best team by far was my son's junior year. So last year, and that team lost to St. Paul 2-1 to one in the state semifinals. First time they ever made the semifinals. Yeah, I remember covering that game from afar, but trying to watch it. You probably stream. You were the guy probably streaming it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I was. And I got uh, you know my streaming and your streaming are not the same. Mine is uh, it has been for the past four years from an iPhone and a passion base, and people would get to hear a gamut of of emotions, right? Um, yeah, and 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 then the one thing that you naturally forget when you really get into watching your child and children that you love play is you forget to turn the camera because you don't care about the camera. Your eyes see what's going on just fine. Yeah. So we we've tried at Santa Juan to to do do a good job of of publicizing the program and having the game stream, but unfortunately everybody has suffered with the same uh, cameraman for four years, which has been me. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, uh, the word suffer, uh, I wish I was as good as you. Okay, let's put it that way. When it comes to my streaming, I'm just beginning. It's hard to do. and uh, It is. If you knew every child's name and had personal relations with the child. So, for instance, when I'm doing a Santa Ma game, it's pretty easy, right? Because I know 11 out of 11 kids that are on the field for Santa Ma. And the other team, if it were Denham or Dutchtown or some of the other teams, Catholic, that I'm very familiar with, um, it, it was quite easy. But when I got asked to go and do the Dutchtown versus St. Paul game, it becomes a little bit more difficult. You know, you don't, you don't know as many children and uh, you want to call a kid by name. But what I've found is just call them by number. And then usually their mom or dad or aunt or uncle or somebody will go, well, that's my baby such and such yeah and you go okay good now you'll know his name <laughs> gotcha well um you, you you put a lot of time into soccer uh can i ask you what you do for a living sure uh so i'm i'm in part and um the vice president of operations is my title for uh the largest concrete installer in north america baker concrete um we opened a division of baker concrete uh, about uh, a year ago now uh, in Louisiana. And so I, I took over that operation and we, we build uh, chemical plants and refiners. We specialize in the industrial market. And for the previous 20 years before that, I had uh, ran in part large portions of Cajun Industries, which is a much more familiar company to a lot of people in Louisiana. Baker is about a $1.5 billion a year company, so a much bigger company. Um, but Cajun certainly afforded me many opportunities I'm very thankful for. And, um, that's that's what I do. I, I build chemical plants and refineries for a living. Okay, then. That's so, a, go ahead. No, and so there's, there's, there's obviously a little bit of a downturn in that market right now with uh, all the, the – the hoopla about the uh, coronavirus and stuff. So we're hoping that this gets past us and uh, the market will pick back up and uh, we'll start hopefully seeing the economy rebound a little bit. But until such time, we'll, we'll make do with what we have. 
Well, that answers one of my questions. Uh, you, you know, it's one thing to be able to do the kind of analysis that you did, uh, um, you know, like during the day, but you probably had to do this at the wee hours of the night, you know? Um, yeah. And so yeah, that's, that's a serious passion. I mean, I found that a lot of your 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 uh, breakdowns about the games coming up were, were worthy of major media. Have you ever thought about doing that? You know, if it if it would uh, pay the bills, maybe so. But what I've found in my life is the things that I'm passionate about don't pay me much money. <laughs> so <laughs> the things that I uh, truly love and enjoy, I try and keep those over on the hobby side of things. And yeah, um, yeah. as you said, I do those in, in, in my time, right? And so there were many Saturdays and Sundays, and God bless my wife, um, she's She's just a saint of a human. She's taught in the Catholic schools, as many people have seen for 20 plus years. And um, she would afford me the time to go and sit and research a, a listing of games that either um, Waraz or Pokal, as they're known on the board, would provide. And so I would sit there and look at my list of games for the week and go, okay, well, I got to write up 24 games. But the part that was the most rewarding and uh, I can't remember every single one of these kids' names, but I was private messaged by kids from Bird, Vanderbilt, uh, Newman, Jesuit, Sanama, um, Dutchtown. And each one of these times that I was private messaged, it was a child that was reaching out and saying, hey, you know, you don't always pick our team. But the fact that you sit down and you write these posts for these games really means a lot to us. So certainly when I had um, 32 games, I think it was, for the first round of the playoffs. Oh, my. Thinking, <laughs> or, or maybe the second round. So after the first eight teams were defeated, I'm sitting there looking at the fact that I have 32 games to write up. And I said, well, you know what? Um, a lot of kids are counting on me to do that. And um, – I would have loved it if somebody would have put in the time in for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. Same way with you, all the things you do for soccer. I mean, you don't do those because they're paying you millions of dollars. You do them out of love. And, and I think there's, yeah. there's a lot of room for that in our world today. Yeah, with this in these new opportunities, you know, we don't have to – like the way I looked at it finally was, okay, well, the media will – cover a little bit of us but we need some more depth here and and we can do it especially uh you know in these two modems and uh and so why don't we you know instead of whining and complaining about it because it's not going to change i mean i was on ed's show the other night uh two up two minutes most of the show was about zion you know and and that's what they're yeah. going to focus on and so well i really have appreciated your your contribution to the game it's, it's, well, it's been you. very inspirational yeah, it's it's my honor. And the funniest thing is I've never received a negative comment other than a few pokes here and there from the kids or the players. Yeah, but that's fun. <laughs> but the people who I get the most pokes from, like private messages that I'm crazy and I don't know what I'm talking about, are parents. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and look, I tell people all the time and say, look, that's just passion and 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 everything that I've ever accomplished or thought I accomplished in life, I hope that passion was a part of it. And so I typically tell that parent, you know, thank you for being passionate. And, awesome. And, and 
and it's uh, it's no problem. I I'm I'm pretty big guy. I can take the take the rhetoric, if you will. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, now your son's graduating. What's going to happen to all of us next year? Are you going to keep it up? Because <laughs> now you now yeah. you see you have no problem with your wife right now because your kid's involved. What's right. next year? <laughs> So uh, next year is going to be no problem. I'm I'm okay. I'm actually meeting um, with Coach Johnson from McKinley on Monday at three thirty um, in in Baton Rouge. Uh, hopefully, myself and one other gentleman. And so we're going to see how we can fit in with the McKinley program. And and you know sometimes maybe it's 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 not coaching, but maybe a monetary um, gifting or or, or just helping with scheduling. There's so many, so many different ways that we can make a difference with a program like McKinley, but I promise you they're going to get their 15 games this year. And those kids are going to get a, um, a heck of an experience because we're going to join up with, with McKinley. That's my plan. And then I always have room and capacity for, um, Santa Law. you know, coach Adrian is not a, just a coach, uh, to, to my son. He, He's a very personal friend to our family, and uh, his son is going to be a freshman at Santa Ma next year. And and if you've not met his son, you need to because the kid is just awesome. And so, baby Garcia will be the new, uh, you know, baby step golf star. So we'll have some angles there to play him in. And I actually went to the Pelicans game on. Uh, Friday night, my son told my wife and I that we could actually have our season tickets for the night because he had a party to go to. Okay. And we could actually go to the game. And who do I see dancing on the camera at the Pelicans game but Coach Garcia's son for his birthday? Oh, I'm wow. Like, I'm like, me and that kid are going to have some fun. And <laughs> we actually did the uh, alumni game at Santa Ma together this year. And the kid's just got a cool personality. And so he, he's, a, he's a kid that'll be able to. He and Gallstar will be able to find some ways to have some fun. So between McKinley and Santa Ma, and then, of course, I'm going to try and make as many games uh, at tournaments as I can. So as I write about the games and what I see in the players, that it'll have some subject to it and not just be based upon what I heard or uh, so. I'm, I'm planning on staying involved. I don't have much going on other than running a business. You know, um, <laughs> we'll make time. We'll make time for LA Prep, and we'll certainly make time for those other two programs that I mentioned, and we'll figure out where we fit in with those. So, and, okay, uh, some of the uh, and and on a personal note, my son is uh, considering playing in the in the Gulf Coast Premier League uh, with the Baton Rouge group with okay. some of his former teammates from Santa Ma. So. If he does that, uh, either way, I'll, I'll participate with the Gulf Coast Premier League. I'm meeting with them Tuesday night uh, in Baton Rouge to help them. Either way, irregardless of my son. But if he joins, then that'll certainly add some interest for me as well. Awesome. And uh, you've mentioned this briefly when you talk about McKinley. With with your knowledge base, uh, I was always wondering, first of all, I assumed you were a coach. And then you weren't. So. Okay, so uh, coaching, like what would happen if McKinley would offer you the head job? Uh, I would like for Coach Johnson, if I had my perfect scenario, I would like for Coach Johnson or another gentleman. I'm not going to name him on air because no. he's a little bit of a silent partner. Um, he's, he and I have been tremendous friends for a, while, a long time. We both carry a D-National uh, coaching license. 
Okay. Um, a lot of people already know who I'm talking about, you know, with the history of my son playing for a, a non-traditional club team. Um, you've heard me mention the Tornadoes a whole bunch yes. on uh, L.A. Prep. This was just really and truly a collection of kids that wanted to play multiple sports and didn't really fit into the clubs, if you will, with them being, uh, you know, runners, uh, basketball players such as my son. And so these kids just came together at different points in their lives, and uh, they went on to finish up like number two in the state. Uh, their final year of playing together as a quote unquote, a rec team. And then won the open cup in, in Houston in the Memorial day cup last year, that was kind of, I guess the final crowning of the group of kids. So I do have a D national license coaching uh, certificate, but, uh, back when I first started coaching was all the way back in 1997, I took a group of, of kids coach that were, uh, I think they were three and 18 my first year I got them out of St. Charles Parish. They were terrible. They were the St. Charles Rebels. Okay. And there's many of those kids that are still around. A couple of them actually still work that work for me now at the company that I run. And uh, I didn't have anything else to do. I was here doing an, uh, my first job in my career with Union Carbide in St. Charles Parish. Now it's Dow Chemical. And uh, I, I started coaching. Well, we went from three and eighteen to eighteen one and one after two seasons. And people go, "Wow, you you, you kind of know soccer." And, and back then, I mean, in '98, you know, you've been around a long time. Um, yeah, that was a bit. Soccer was a, a minuscule of what it is now in the state, but we had a lot of success. And I coached those kids until they were sixteen. And basically turned them over to uh, Coach Ralph DeVega at, at Hanville. And they took Jesuit, I believe it was in 2000, to the state semifinals and lost on PK's no, Jesuit, that, which that no, was the no, days when no. Jesuit was. No, nah, that you know. was me. That was Brother Martin. We, we beat him oh, in the semifinals. Yeah, we beat him. Uh, we beat him. I got that game on what? tape. It was amazing uh, finish. It was a wonderful game. Rafael De Vega is a uh, one of my favorite coaches ever. You know, I was always close well, to the I was, program. I was basically feeding uh, Coach De Vega teams for about a five to six year window there, and then when my son was born in two thousand and two, I gave up coaching other other children in the thing that you'll hear me say, and, and, and I'm blessed, right, that I can do what I'm about to say. Not all of the coaches have this uh, uh, gift that I'm speaking of, monetary gifts, but I've never taken a cent for coaching, and, and I, I do it, and as long as I do it, I don't want to because I always want to do it because I love it. Yeah. And I'm blessed to be able to say that and do that. That's a big difference, you know, so... Well, it's good but, to hear, uh, too, that you're using your company, to, you know, and I mean, you can't help everybody, but at least you can improve, you know, the situation. Like McKinley is an inspirational story this year. We had we had oh, um, yeah. their, them on the show uh, at the first after they won their second playoff game, you know, and uh, or was it the first? I can't remember. And uh, and and look, they gave Holy Cross a run for their money this year. They you know? did. Best game I went to all season was. uh Holy Cross and McKinley and, and the, in the field, the, the play on the field was good. Um, I think at the end of the day, Holy Cross beat them over the top three times. 
And if you've ever tried to coach a, a Spanish team, the one thing they just don't even consider, and I, I had this conversation with Fire Bruin from Bonneville, they don't consider yeah. the long ball. And and that's such a big part of high school soccer. You look at a team like Santa Ma with Bridgewater up top and um, before him, Briggs, uh, yeah. Brignac. And, you know, that's a big part of the high school game. And, and, and that kid up top for Holy Cross, if he, he gets a step on you, uh, goodbye. You're yeah. not catching him. Yeah. And he put put them away pretty handedly. Um, but I think if, if, if McKinley might have been uh, thinking about something over the top a little bit more with a little different mind, if they would have had Stuart from uh, – Stu from Holy Cross coaching them, I think that McKinley maybe wins that game. That was uh, definitely equalized the playing field quite a bit. Okay. Okay. Well, um. Now you're from Georgia. Compare yeah. the two states. Do you think what we we can we can um, fight high school soccer now? Club soccer speaks for itself. We compete against them, but high school soccer wise, who's got their act more together, us or them? I think Louisiana, and I'll I'll tell you why. In in, in Georgia, um, most of the bigger clubs nowadays. Now back when I was in school, they still were okay with you as a club player playing for your high school. And the thing is in Georgia, the season is a bit different. So I was able to play basketball and soccer because soccer is in the spring. Whereas in Louisiana, it's in the winter basketball overlapped. It's kind of like how it is here. And, um, but in Georgia nowadays, and, and I'm going to, the privates are going to love hearing me say this because I've ridden them all season just because I knew it would get us some, some, some publicity on the board and get the, the ratings going. But in, in Georgia, there's an absolute clear defined split between public and private. So in Georgia, the public uh, schools play in the spring, the private schools actually play in the fall. And oh. so they, they don't play at all. They don't even recognize one another. It's a complete division. And I think that the absolute worst thing, that could happen in the state of Louisiana would be for soccer to split because you would lose so many wonderful players that challenge these kids at the public school to be something that they're not. The the Matt Parkers of the world that I talked about earlier from Stanima would never get an opportunity to have to play their heart out to the absolute max level. And yeah, we lost by a goal to St. Paul, but I think I would much rather my kid, at the end of his season, say, you know what? We lost by a goal to St. Paul as opposed to saying we beat XYZ public school by four or five goals because the, the better schools, uh, public schools, Ascensions, the Lafayettes, the Hanville, Santa Maws, they're, they're still going to beat the competition like we're seeing St. Paul and Catholic beat these other schools. But at least it gives them something to inspire, you know, to aspire to be. And I, I just, I never want to see the split. And I think that's why Louisiana high school soccer is better than any other place that I've lived, which is Texas and Georgia. Um, the public and private together makes it an absolutely a juggernaut for every kid to compete. And there's some things that the public schools can do. Um, to, to push those privates to the brink and coach Adrian, you know, at Santa Ma does it. Um, coach Moss and coach Dyer at Dutchtown 
they they clearly pushed uh, St. Paul all the way to their absolute limits this year. So I don't want to see the split, and I think that's why the Louisiana soccer is the best. In Division One girls, it was, it was it was a North Shore, you know, versus a Mandeville game. I mean, so you know, the public schools are, are definitely uh, at home, and. Uh, tomorrow I have to go drive the basketball team, our basketball team at University High for the state semifinals. There's so many state championships, I cannot wrap my head around them. Uh, we're just mm-hmm. watching sports and Bonnables going. It's, just, it's like, what is it, 36 state champions? So uh, are they really champions, you know? Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. I would have even been okay if the final four, after we narrowed it down to four, if we would have had, you know, a cross pairing of Newman versus St. Paul and vice versa and just ended up with one state champ, I would have been completely fine with that um, and would have been intrigued to watch a few of those games. I think UHI versus uh, St. Paul would be real interesting. I mean, UHI tied Catholic at the back end of the season one-to-one, and uh, they were playing as well as anybody in the state and this kid, uh, Holcomb Ryder that plays number 14, yeah. uh, Chris Botcher, number five. Those two guys in the center mid uh, for U-High, they'll, they'll give anybody in the state fits. Yeah, they will. I like those two kids a lot. They will. They and will. I like Chris Mitchell a lot too, with or without the beard. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do think that uh, also um, uh, it, it – I'm from the 80s, okay? And in the 80s, we we didn't it was kind of like lacrosse is today. And so really it was it was Newman Jesuit Dulasau uh Warren Easton believe it or not, okay? Uh Warren Easton was a power in the 80s and uh and Shaw and uh brother Martin was around uh there but not really a force and and so you only had one state champion and and it was exciting then we used to I remember Newman playing Jesuit for the state championship and and their their stadium was packed you know but but it wasn't an LHSA state championship you know and I kind of do all my record keeping from from 86 on but it was exciting before 86 too with everybody competing for one it would be kind of fun to watch it happen I don't know if uh, I think University would give St. Paul's a game, but the St. Paul's that I saw a week and a half ago, I don't know. I don't know. They 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 look yeah. pretty dominant, man. Yeah, St. Paul's um, and 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 that whole group. Look, you don't you don't end up number one in the nation. And I saw someone go, "Well, it's only five states." And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, Florida." Texas, <laughs> California, and whatever you want to name the fifth one in Louisiana, right? And I'm like, uh, you just win California and Florida, okay? That's and 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 Texas. That's that's a a pretty awesome thing, you know, for a Louisiana team. And I hope I hope somewhere along the way, coach, that uh, more people will take recognition of of, of uh, Louisiana high school sports and. So often I think it's, you know, just we're creatures of habit as people. And, 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 and soccer, the Division One boys program, um, is a, uh, this is something else that I'm kind of privately working on, hoping that Tulane would show some interest. But you think about what a Division One program in boys soccer does for the, the, the growth of the sport here in Louisiana, especially if you can get some percentage of the kids from Louisiana. Now, 
the reason that people, every major college football program in America comes to Louisiana is because they say, Hey, we want some kids that look like those kids on LSU. Yeah. And, um, I think if we could get a program here and it became successful with a, a, a base of Louisiana kids in a division one level that the, the national level, and I know it's not the, the pinnacle of soccer and, and it probably never will be, you know, college soccer is not where we hope that ultimate goal for American soccer is not at a collegiate level. It's, obviously at that MLS level, and hopefully we get that league to the highest possible level. But it's a great starting block, and it's something that I think people are really passionate about. And, and when, anytime you can showcase your own at, at a higher level, then it becomes exponentially greater, the chances of people taking recognition of it. And well, so I would hope that we could have a Division One boys program in the state at some point. Well, after we won the uh, the second state title at Brother Martin, I went to Rice, Tulane, LSU, uh, and Houston Baptist at the time and just tried to see if they would want to start soccer. I'm pretty sure Houston Baptist now has started. But Title IX, it was just Rice and Tulane just said, there's no way. LSU, at least Joe Dean was the athletic director. He gave me a second meeting. And, uh, and we figured we'd have to start a woman's rowing team and a woman's rifle team. And he just said that was just going to be too expensive, millions of dollars for something that there's no demand for on campus. And so they, they shut the Tulane pretty much, it was way off the table. They, they, uh, uh, they, they really didn't think that they could do it. So whatever connections you have, it's 20 years later. And so if we, I promise you this, and I know you believe me, we got enough soccer talent walking around LSU with book bags so we could be competitive overnight, you know? Right. There's a lot of D1 talent uh, that I just don't of, go. The way I think about the, way I think about the uh, two-lane situation is they don't put much more than, you know, four or 5,000 people in a stadium to watch a football game, and that's with two O's, right? Right, right. So I said, well, what if we could get a 1,000 people like Golf star to buy a $5,000 ticket, a one-time purchase. That's $5 million. And that's your starting point. I believe between the Jesuits and the St. Paul's and the Newman's and, and Miss Benson and just there's so many people that have gifts that I think that they would be willing to share if we got it right, you know, if we put the right language in there and a thousand times 5,000, Five million, if my math is correct, I believe, and I've been told that's the number that it would take to start a program at Tulane. And so I said, "Well, I think I could find a thousand people that would be willing to put up five thousand dollars for the betterment of the entire state, and I'd be happy to be the first one." Well, so we'll see if if, if that grows legs. Um, I'm hoping that it does. I know several other people um, that are good friends of mine on LA Prep. I won't name them specifically, but I'll use their L.A. prep names such as Dot T and U-High Cubs and uh, many others that would be very interested in, in, in being a part of something like that. Uh, I would be, although I don't have those. I'm a teacher, so I could give you 25. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, there would be a lot of people like me, too. You know, there would be a lot of people that would pre-buy a, a season book of tickets and um and, and some 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 might donate fifty thousand, and some might donate fifty dollars. But at the end of the day, 
if we can look outside of our immediate circle. So I know my son's not going to be one of those uh, 20 kids that's going to go and start a program at Tulane and compete on a Division One level. But I also know that Zane Zazuka deserves that opportunity. And what a beautiful gift that would be for me and my son to see him fulfill that. And uh, I, I just hope that more people will um, – you know, search their souls and see if it's a fit for their family, if they have the means and we can do something for the betterment of all of Louisiana soccer, then then that's where hopefully our hearts lead us. And uh, well, that may or may not be the case. Well, I think the main worry that I have is uh, with my talkings with LSU, $6 million was the number for them, but it wasn't for soccer. It was to be able to do that women's rowing and women's rifle team. And so what women's sport are you going to counter those scholarships, those eight scholarships you're going to give for D1? And there's also the complication that there has to be athletic housing for those sports. So that's where the millions come in. You got to build a building and, and, and you got to have locker room space. There's some minimal requirements. Right. And, a lot know. of things that I'm not thinking of. Well, but the thing is, I do think though, that I'm hoping Holy Cross has been putting little news balloons out there. Now they're trying to expand the school. And it would be a natural, since they don't have football, it would be a natural um, thing for them to uh, to start a soccer program. If we could just get one started at the D1 level, I, I agree with you. It would, it would be infectious, and we would definitely be able to populate it with just Louisiana talent, you know? Well, if you, if you just look at what uh, Josh McReynolds has done with LSU Eunice, yes. which is just a two-year program, I think they finished up last year number seven in the nation. And and to take that a step further, um, two former Santa Mall players that took that route, uh, Angelo Fabricio and uh, Hector, uh, both went and played at LSU Eunice for two years. And now leaving after two years, I know for sure Angelo was offered a Division One scholarship. And I believe Hector... Uh, has been offered some level of soccer beyond that experience. And so, you know, it's not a perfect scenario, but it certainly shows that kids from Louisiana that have played soccer here are competing on a national level. Number seven in the nation in the JUCOs is nothing to sneeze at. Not at all. Right. Well, look, you- they're almost 95% Louisiana kids. Oh, yeah. I remember the first year he started, he just came to the All-Star game and just blanketly just said, hey, everybody, come on over. And a lot of kids yeah. did, you know, but a lot of kids, you know, uh, they didn't know what it was going to take to play college-level soccer, but they had that opportunity. And look, if it work, could work at Eunice, it would definitely work at Tulane. Well, Coach, you, uh, well, I'm calling you a coach, but uh, that's have- okay. I, I, I am a, a, I'm a hybrid. You can call me a fan, and you know, there's a lot of names that have been called, so don't <laughs> don't feel awkward with any of them. Well, you have the mic. Anything you want to tell everybody in Louisiana before we sign off? I'm sorry, what's that, Coach? You have the mic. Do you have anything you want to tell the Louisiana audience before you sign off? Anything well, that we didn't you know, cover? M- most of all, um, the the thing that. Um, I hope people know is that the, the, the write-ups on LA prep and uh, many of the times that I stirred up a conversation, um, were not uh, by any means perfect or, uh, spot on or nor was the outcome, uh, indicative of what I had written. 
but the intent was always um, to give the kids uh, something to read about themselves. And, and uh, all I would say is that I hope that more people will do as you've done and uh, go out and make a difference. Uh, and there's a absolute gamut of ways that we can make a difference. I follow Tom to retire on Facebook and uh, oh, he's things great. he does with encouraging people to become referees, uh, to become players, just whatever you can do to grow the game, go and do that thing. And, and uh, it, you're not going to make money from it in nine times out of 10, but if you're passionate about it, it's going to end up being a really good product. And I think that's true of not only things we do towards soccer, but just things we do in life. Just be passionate about anything that you take on. Amen. Well, coach, if Monday night football can be of any help with your, with the, um, those, um, projects that you have in, in the war, you know, with McKinley and, uh, and, uh, also, uh, with, uh, Tulane, uh, please use us, you know, if we can be of any help. Yes, sir. Okay. And, yes, sir. Uh, and look, I just appreciate you and, and everybody's going to be relieved to know that you're going to be back because you put a breath of fresh air into that, into the site that we were already addicted to, you know, but it was nice to, <laughs> you know, it, it was, oh. it was all nice to have that fresh push and it just reinvigorated us. So I appreciate Well, I you. appreciate that. You're very kind. And uh, like I said, I hope everyone knows it was done from a real place of love and, and uh, hopefully for the kids. All right. Well, God bless you and your family and keep it on. We're really blessed to have you in the state of Louisiana. Take care. All right, coach. Thank you so much for all you do. You're welcome. No problem. Thank you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. And, uh, uh, you heard it from the horse's mouth there and, and, and I tell you what, uh, uh, we're we're really, really, really blessed to have him. I really mean that. I had no idea he had that this much going for him because I really don't know him that well. And and uh, um, anyway, uh, I'm pumped up. Uh, I hope he can pull off this two lane thing. I really do think that if we could just get a team started at the D1 level in South Louisiana. It would just take off. And a centenary, of course, we didn't mean any sliding there to all you people in the north. Okay, we know centenaries there. It's hard for me to get my kids to want to go play there. And uh, and it's a wonderful degree. It's in the two-lane system. And I have sent a couple of kids up there to play. Uh, and it's it's always been difficult because our players just want to be by their mommies. I mean, I've sent – I've only had a couple of kids go and stay at a place. Like I've had one kid go to Virginia Tech – he was the MVP in the state game, and he came back within a semester. Uh, I had one kid go to Kentucky, had a D1 team, arts MVP then. Uh, Brother Martin went there, and he was back playing for William Carey College the next semester. So uh, I did have one kid, though, uh, from one of my Shaw kids, go play at West Virginia, and he stayed the course. And now he's doing really well, um, semi-professionally. And uh, it's just hard to get kids to go away and have them stay the course. Uh, and so if we if we had a D1 presence in South Louisiana, I think that would do us really good. I think the, the, the centenary um, situation up there, you know, I'm curious for all you people up north as to why it hasn't taken off. 
the way it really should, could and should take off. Okay, when I say take off, I'm talking about being like LSU Eunice, immediately being in the top seven. So that may be another show for another day. But right now, uh, we're going to call it a night. Uh, we appreciate all of y'all who are um, involved with Monday Night Football. And uh, and really and truly, I uh, want to again say thanks to Galstar uh, for all he does. Y'all, it, what he does People get paid to do. I mean, that's a lot of work. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to LA Prep Soccer and just uh, search his name, and then your screen's going to light up. Okay. Well, God bless all of you and your families, and we'll see you next week, hopefully, God willing, on Monday Night Football, the Voice for You Soccer. Take care. God bless you. Bye bye.